0: Welcome to Sacred at Work. This podcast is designed to give voice to the feelings and desires so many of us are having at this extraordinary transformational moment on the planet. Join us on this exploration and sacred journey of uncovering our truest selves, whether in business or in life, because after all, sacred is always at work. We are two colleagues, businesswomen, mothers, entrepreneurs, and seekers. I'm Pam Shalhou from Oakland, California, and I'm founder of Practical Feed Advisors and I help kick ass female visionaries to tune into their intuition, trust themselves more fully and take inspired actions from that place to change the world.
1: And I'm Hilary Sampson here in Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm the owner of Transforming Ventures, where I support entrepreneurs to connect with and work with the soul of their business.
0: Hello, how are you today? I am pretty curious about this topic. (laughs) Well, it's exciting. I wanted to start before we dive into the topic to really say thank you to so many people who have reached out and given us such good um, feedback and have offered different ideas for suggested topics and also You know, one of the things I keep hearing is uh, an appreciation for us um, in providing clarity around some of the language we're using and the uh, specificity around the terms that, you know, may sometimes bring things up for folks around words like God and sacred and um I uh I really appreciate hearing how this works for other people so thank you to those of you who are listening. And you're right, Hillary, we've got a juicy topic today and I think it's um really current and relevant uh for many of us and we're going to dive into the perils of comparing ourselves with others. You know, I wish I could say that I never do this, <laughs> but unfortunately it shows up in my work and in my life a lot. If I could be a more patient mom like Susie, I would definitely not. And, you know, just last week, I had an experience where I participated in a global women's conference, which was really fantastic. But sadly, instead of being inspired and empowered by the amazing work that was being done, and really there was so much of it, my self-critic went into overdrive with all these comparative thoughts and disempowering messages, like your work doesn't matter, Pam. You're not as fancy as they are. They're having a much bigger impact. And it went on and on. And, you know, the truth is, I let my ego go wild and I let it go wild for a while. But it didn't stop there. From there, I went into our favorite shame cycle. That had me go down another rabbit hole and it felt all too familiar. You know, luckily, as I continued to hone my skills for deep listening, for the tapping on my shoulders, for a brief moment, I heard this tiny whisper inside me say, Hey, what good is this comparing yourself doing for you? How is it supporting your work of empowering women leaders? how does this really make you feel? Like I literally had that voice in my head. And the last whisper stopped me in my tracks. This was making me feel lousy. And it made me feel most importantly, disconnected, disconnected from myself, to other women who are doing extraordinary work in the world, and to my purpose. And in that moment, I knew I had a choice. And I could and must shift my inner critic and this dialogue. Enough comparing. How's it showing up in your life, Hilary? Oh,
1: very, very similarly. Um, Yeah, there's definitely a part of me that's a little bit irritated at you, Pam, for suggesting (laughs) this topic, I have to admit. (laughs) Uh, It's a tough subject for me to look at directly. Uh, It's definitely a poignant reminder That I have spent much of my life, way too much of my life, scanning the external environment, looking for how I stack up to others. You know, I create stories of being better than or not good enough and set up all these rules for right and wrong. And when I compare, how I compare and how other people follow those rules and whether I'm living up to them or they're living up to them. And like you, it shows up everywhere. Um, I remember reading... funny little article and it talked about parenting as a competitive sport wow. and I laughed very very uncomfortably because it is the last the last thing I want to be uh, as a parent and yet there was some truth in it mm. and it made me sad mm. and I compare my finances my career and of course is women uh, my physical appearance Mm -hmm. it's just never ending and and as I was thinking about this topic I have just popped in my head there was this sex in the city episode and I think it was Amanda and she was feeling like a failure because all of her friends were married and she was single and you know that was the whole episode and then just at the end of the episode one of the married friends who she figured was judging her for her singlehood very nervously started joking about how she was married, but she didn't have kids and felt like the world was judging her for not having kids and on and on and on it goes. It just, it, it doesn't matter. Our egos, they love comparison because as you say, it reinforces that myth that we are separate from each other, that we are on our own to survive. And it's such a fundamental lie. Yeah because in the eyes of the divine in the eyes of god you cannot be better than me i cannot be better than you i am not more or less sacred or holy i'm not more or less loved there's literally no truth in comparison it's all just a fabrication of our egoic mind Um, Mm -hmm. and it just causes suffering and and i know you felt that too pam haven't you
0: yeah it's that, that is, that's the case, like we create our own suffering in many ways, you know, what I'm learning about comparison is that it leads to resentment. And the tricky thing about that is that resentment can be towards others. And often it can be towards myself. Mm-hmm. And that that is painful. And ultimately, that leads to a significant lack of joy. Like how do you how do we find joy in comparison and resentment? Right, I think about this for all of us, and especially the younger people. You know, who are spending so much time. It's not just younger people; we're all spending too much time on social media. But the younger people who don't have a different experience and who spend so much time completely focused on someone else's highlight reel. You know, it, it's that highlight reel of is often curated by the person who's actually posting to make them feel better about themselves. And it's a vicious cycle. And that leads to increasing levels of depression and sadly suicides, all based in comparison. And I keep thinking about how we overcome this comparative nature in our society. And how do we get back to remembering, as you said, that we're all connected, that if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. I think the answer lies in addressing the conditions and the systems that haven't allowed true validation of our diverse racial, ethnic, and gender identities to be fully expressed. Imagine what that would be like. The external messages are always centered around not being enough. If only, you know, it's like, if only I could be more like, if only this, if only that. And, you know, talking about this brings up a lot of emotion and and physical angst in my body because it's alive and it's present and it's a part of our day-to-day reality. And I can feel the energetic harm that this nature does to us. And I, I think it's time we do this work individually and collectively to shift this.
1: Can you feel that, Hillary? Oh, absolutely. Both that it is well past time that we keep working on this or continue to work on this, But also, as you're saying, that harm, Um, you know, for me, comparison gets pretty dark pretty fast. Uh, I I noticed many years ago that comparison brought out what was a very ugly part of me, part of my nature. And it was like this, no matter who and no matter the situation, I was never fully happy when someone succeeded and never fully unhappy when someone failed, you know, to put a finer, uglier point on it. There was always a part of me that was happy, or maybe relieved when someone failed. And I have memories of being literally sick to my stomach when I heard of someone else's success, even if it's someone I loved and cared for. It brought up, it brought the memory of it, and it's not like I have fully cleared it. It brings up up such, like you say, such shame. Mm-hmm. And when I drill down into where this is coming from, it's, really more about fear than it is about judgment. We've been conditioned as humans and as women, especially, to believe that our ranking and our comparison in our tribe keeps us safe. Mm. And the best of us are allowed to be married and safe in the community. Well, those that don't compare well, you know, they were marginalized, burned at the stake, violated, or even kicked out of the tribe. And what I can observe in others and myself is that comparison it always leads to suffering and it never leads to peace Mm -hmm. no matter how much you have no matter how many accolades you receive the outward gaze shows us we are never enough Mm. and we are never good enough like you say the social media that is just reinforcing it over and over again it is an error in thinking to believe that comparison leads to motivation or you know aspirations or it, it's, it's what drives you to achieve more. It can only take something away from
0: you. Oh, that is so true. And just in talking about this, I can feel and, and I know it never ends. Like it's once you're in the cycle, it just perpetuates over and over and over again. And the hole gets d- deeper and deeper. That's right. So. I couldn't agree more. It is time
1: that we, you know, do this work. And of course there are some incredible, powerful people already doing this work and, and now it's time for all of us to take a look and, and step up. So Pam, what are, what are your thoughts on how we can start to
0: release our comparative thoughts and move towards peace? Yeah, I, I have been thinking about this quite a bit and I, I've been asking the question, you know, what is the sacred at work in comparing ourselves to others? Like, where is their sacredness in this? And, and for me, I can't help but think about the opportunity, dare I say the lesson that this comparison nature has given to me. So it always goes back to like, what, how is this serving? What is the lesson in this? And for me, it has helped me identify the negative impacts that this has on me and that I always have a choice. So when I can clearly sit here and say it does have negative impact and I can make a different choice, it's easy to do that when I'm here on a podcast with you, Hillary. But when I'm in it, that's not so easy to do. But talking about it and reinforcing that I know it's not right helps me to remember when I do go down that rabbit hole. It also helps me to um, really understand and remember what is uniquely mine to do, to be, or to say in the world. So in the case of the global's, Global Women's Conference that I attended, you know, I do a small conference for uh, women business leaders. And I'm really clear why that my, the conference that I help to produce is different and unique and the purpose that it serves. And it is, it's life-affirming and giving and brilliant. That's mine. That Mm -hmm. I don't need to compare that with anything. And so it leads me to a couple of practical steps that I want to share with you all, Um, if, if and when you find yourself comparing yourself to anyone else. And the first thing I would offer is that I think it's critically important to reflect you know, whether on paper or in meditation, asking yourself the question, what is my unique contribution to the world, to this situation? What is mine? And to reflect upon what are the successes I've had already in expressing my unique value, my unique work in the world. So it's so easy for us to forget or to dismiss the successes we've had because, oh, we just did that, right? We need to actually take time to remember. The second thing I would recommend is that we always go back to practicing gratitude. The energy shifts each and every time we engage in the act of gratitude, and it helps you to to really focus on what you already have. And then the third, I like to, to say is phone a friend, you know, it's like that game show, it's like, I need to call a friend. It's critically important that in these times of shame, in this time of comparison, that we actually shed light on it, and illuminate to another person, hey, I'm down the rabbit hole, help me remember how my impact, my, you know, what I've done in the world has made a difference. I can't see it right now. Ask for the reflection from someone you trust, someone who advises and, and help them help, have them help you remember your uniqueness. And I guarantee you there are champions in your um, world that would be glad to share that with you. So Hillary, tell me about how you think about the way to approach tools or some insights um, that you have for our listeners on this very gnarly topic.
1: Yeah, thanks. I, I love what you said and, and um, it, it reminds me, that last point really reminds me um, of Brene Brown where she talks about how shame cannot survive being spoken. Um, it's kind of like it dies in the light, and uh, and that's such an important thing to remember. That if we can be brave enough to to phone a friend, to speak speak it out loud, it it really um, is such a such a transition point if if we can find that bravery. So thanks for bringing that up. What comes up for me is almost like once once you get out of the deepest shame spiral, and and you take a bit of a step back. And just really notice how incredibly damaging the comparison has been. I know it in my life, the the rooting, as we talked about, in fear and shame and that harmful self talk. How can we step outside of these systems all together? If comparison is, you know, at at root out of fear and trying to keep us being safe, what, what are we trying to be safe from? And that's when you can see that it really is these harmful systems of oppression, external acceptance, these beauty standards, they're all just trying to keep us small and contained. What happens when you do comparison is you give away your power, even a little bit or a lot to those systems and the people who benefit from upholding those systems. So what's the alternative? What is the sacred invitation, as as you say, of comparison? And for me, in the moments when I'm really connected, it is a step towards a radical revolution to say no to these systems of oppression. I remember the first time I heard the phrase, lay down the weapons, and it was so deep for me. Comparison is a weapon that we use on ourselves and we use on others to keep small, quiet, to have our brightest light dimmed. Lay down the weapons. And what that means is remembering that I am a sovereign soul, a queen in my queendom. I tap into that energy that I am the sovereign ruler of my life, of my soul, and I have the power to reject anything from my realm that isn't serving me, that doesn't come from love. And this feeling is so full of power, and it's also full of peace. The idea that we are sovereign souls. Now, I I can't do, like I say, it's easy to talk, like you say, it's easy to talk about on this podcast. I I I don't I can't tap into that powerful rejection of comparison when I'm deep in the throes of it. Really, that's you know, you describe the steps to take you out of that deepest suffering. It's a beautiful balm, the practices you described. But once you've started to come out of that. We can practice rejecting comparison and rejecting those broken systems that comparison is upholding entirely. And this miracle has happened in my life. This practice of tapping into my sovereign self is freeing. If only for a few moments, I can actually feel my full power and I can feel that grip of comparison easing. And then the next time that I'm in comparison, the grip eases faster and the suffering doesn't go as deep. It is a practice. So that's, that's what I would recommend tapping into that your highest self, your sovereign self. How does that land for you, Pam?
0: Uh, It's just incredible, Hillary. I, I feel like I can feel the sense of empowerment. Just hearing you say the words, you know, um, reject the oppression, reject those systems, lay down the weapons, uh, because it is weaponized. And um, it is so easy, I think, for us to go into this mode because we forget our own brilliance. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, another oppressive and a uh, system that we live in is that we're not supposed to, you know, especially as women, we're not supposed to talk about our brilliance because that's egotistic. It, we're not supposed to, you know, be able to even illuminate and shine the light on our gifts, because that's considered um, narcissistic. And so it's been, we've been swimming in this for a long time. have, mm-hmm. And I think it's cr- so important for, you know, part of our work is to, to share that in the world so that others can feel the same way we do today, that we are queens of our queendom and that we are, our gift to the world is to shine our light as brightly as we can. Nobody else is going to shine it as well as you do for you. Exactly. That reminds me of, you know, the false
1: thinking that we've gotten into in this world. And we have, we have the completely wrong idea of humble Who are you to say that you are small? Mm -hmm. Who are you to say that you are not supposed to speak as loud as you are here to speak? Mm -hmm. So it is humble to be your brightest light because you are saying yes to who you actually are. We have such reverse thinking around that, that's been drilled into us.
0: Well, I'd like to compare that to, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yes, I have a
1: feeling this topic's gonna circle back again.
0: Damn it. <laughs> I'm so glad that we could engage in this one together. It's it's it is comforting uh, to to be able to speak about some of the more challenging, more truthful, and more you know, gnarly topic, uh, none more than this. Um, so thank you for for being authentic and vulnerable and, and sharing your stories too, Hillary. Hmm. I, I feel
1: that and I echo the gratitude. Thanks for being on this crazy journey, Pam. And <laughs> and thank you to the listeners, of course, for for sharing this with us. Um, I'm Hillary, and I'm speaking to you from the traditional and unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Pam lives on the unceded territory and lands of the Ohlone people. You can find Pam at practicalfeet.com and I'm at transformingventures.com. If you have any questions or comments or issues you'd like us to address in future episodes, please email hello at sacredatwork.com. If you'd like to support the production and distribution of the podcast, we would be very grateful if you would consider contributing through Patreon at patreon.com slash sacred at work. Our podcast is produced by Collins Mina. Our beautiful opening and closing music is composed and performed by Ann Speed. Sacred at Work is released twice per month, and we look forward to connecting with you next time. Sending you love and peace.
0: Bye-bye.